friends. We're so thrilled that you're here. Welcome to a Safe Place Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Laura. We are two besties who love to encourage and walk with each other through our everyday hardships. In those difficult times, we've grown closer to God and each other. Is your friend circle a healthy place? Do you struggle with boundaries and relationships? Are you longing for relational tools, truth, and a few good laughs? This is a safe place to land. Our goal is not that you leave our episodes knowing more about us, but that you receive biblical advice, feel seen, and learn God's heart for you. Hi, friends. Hello. We are so excited for this series. We are doing a four-part friendship series, you guys. We have been talking about this for so long, it feels like. Um, Taylor brought up this idea on one of our hikes that we were doing together in, what was that, 2021? Yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, and we were doing a hike in Seattle, and I think it was Discovery Park Trail, if you're interested in what trail that was. It was super fun, but we she had the idea of doing a podcast um, more specifically about friendship and about God, and so friendship was so strong on our hearts, and we're finally doing a series because we just have so much to talk about. <laughs> We were so excited to do the series because we don't hear a lot about friendships and how messy they can be. We've learned a lot through our own friendship and we want to share what we've learned and God has done a lot in both of our hearts and has grown us as individual people and has grown us in how we do relationships with even other people. So as we've learned what a godly friendship should look like, we want to share that with everybody else. So here we are. In this episode, we're going to start talking about how to choose your friends. Yeah, it's going to be, this is going to be such a good episode. I am so excited. So I'm going to go ahead and just jump right in. So as a young child, I used to be able to walk into a church or wherever I was and make new friends without any hesitation. I knew their name, a fun fact about them within just a few minutes. I thrived off of that. Like that was like so fun for me. I loved being able to just go up to other people, not be afraid at all, and just like find out who these people were. And then that changed, (laughs) unfortunately. My mom used to tell me I was really good at making friends, not being able or not being afraid of what others may think of me. I was very open, a carefree person, and like I said, it did change, and that is not how it is today, unfortunately. Once I hit my teens, I dealt with a lot of friendship traumas, which honestly, a lot of us have dealt with that, and if you haven't, honestly, I'm thinking you probably like to be at home all the time, and you just don't like to be around people, period, (laughs) which is not necessarily a bad thing, but let's just say a lot of us... 90% of us probably have experienced that a time or two in our lives. So I dealt with a lot of friendship trauma and a lot of them were one-sided friendships, which if you know what that's like, it is very draining. It's very 
hard to put yourself out there because you're afraid of being the one that's doing all the work, reaching out, making plans, checking in on them. It gets very draining. Right, Laura? Do you think you you could agree? You Um, dealt with that? Read 1000%. Yeah, it's very, very draining. And as an, even she's an extrovert or no, she's an introvert. I'm the extrovert. And even for an introvert, it's hard. Like you already have a hard time reaching out to people. So the fact that you have to like work even harder, I I can only imagine what that feels like. But for an extrovert, it's hard because we love people and we want to be around people all the time. But then when this happens, it's like, ugh, (laughs) I don't want to do this, you know? So unfortunately, it, I mean, it just caused a, a wave of issues for me. So it hindered me from a lot of just going out and talking to people in general. Even being in the grocery store, I would like totally just like get in, get out, don't want to make any kind of eye contact, and I would just leave. I just didn't want to do it because I had already had enough hurt as it was. Um, so... I was told a lot of hurtful things and it made me question who I was. I eventually want to get back to doing that where I would go out and meet new people and be absolutely like unashamed and unafraid and being able to talk to people. But that just is something I am still struggling with like today. So it does take time for the Lord to heal those traumas. This is not something that happens like overnight takes it's layer after layer. Even though I've had friendship traumas, It's left me wondering if I'm too much and if people could even handle my crazy personality. I know God still wants me to have a community. We still have to put ourselves out there, but we should have boundaries. If I could go back, I wouldn't tell everyone like who I've met my whole life story in hopes of being loved and accepted. I would take it slowly and build trust with that person. I would use the Holy Spirit discernment. I struggled with that as like growing up. I think we just, as a, as a teenager, I just learned to put myself out there. That's how you make connections. And I think I literally put my whole life out there to the point where it would hinder a lot of my friendships and it would damage things because I would say too many things and then people didn't know how to take it. And so then I would keep trying to reach out and then it just didn't work out instead of just taking it one step at a time. So with all that to say is that I've had to deal with a lot since I was probably 10 or 11 years old, you know, when you start making those childhood friendships and then those childhood friendships are not the same in your teenage years or even in your adulthood. So whatever happens in your childhood, usually you continue to keep making the same issues as you continue from friendship to friendship in different seasons of your life. So yes, every season was different, but I took a little piece of whatever I was hurt from and was worried about what other people would say or think of me as I went through each season in life. So I am trying really, really, really hard to not do what I used to do as a child and even as an adult and when even when I was a teen. So, and, you know, friendship trauma is a real thing. And unfortunately, like Laura said earlier, this is not something that people talk about on a regular basis. This is very, like, 
I want to, I don't want to say taboo, but like it's not something I hear on uh, from podcasters in general. I don't hear it from the church talking about it. And so we wanted to take a few minutes to kind of explain what has worked for us, even in our own friendship and what we have learned through that. So. Yeah, when you were explaining a one-sided friendship, I just got this picture of someone wearing roller skates trying to go uphill. Mm. Just imagine that. Like, it feels nearly impossible. And (laughs) you just have to work that much harder. But that is how it feels. And I think because me and you had um, similar experiences, like I also loved to be vulnerable and raw and share my, my, my story and my pain and my sorrows with other people in hopes that they would love and accept me in return and support me. And, you know, some people can't handle that. Um, or, Various other reasons. Maybe they just don't vibe with you or whatever. Like, there's so many reasons. Or, you know, maybe they just didn't want to be your friend. Like, either way, any of the reasons that they had, like, it still sucks. Being on the other end, it still sucks. So I think because you and I had similar experiences and wanted the same things in a friendship, that's how we were able to, like, go from, like, zero to a hundred in just like a few months of our friendship. Like Mm -hmm. it just felt like a rocket ship. We just lived off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and honestly, those early on conversations, I think we realized how much we had in common because like I've had conversations with people and there's just things you just don't have in common with them. Like at all. You may have a few things here and there. Like maybe you guys are both Christians, but like your hobbies don't meet up or match up or whatever. But for us, like almost everything we talked about matched up to a T. Yeah, a lot of our hobbies. Yeah. And to the point where like we were both born in the same month. We both have a six on our birthday. Like it was just crazy to me. Both born in the same year. You know, like those kinds of things all kind of added up. And I was like, oh my gosh, where was this girl 10 years ago? Five (laughs) years ago even, you know? And yeah, yeah, so anyways, I could go on and on and on. I cannot wait to kind of like break down a lot more of our friendship, but I'm going to, I'm going to hold off for that for now. (laughs) People can wait. (laughs) So if you're anything like me, you may be asking, okay, but how am I going to choose good friends if there are no options? My piece of advice is do not panic. Just hold off. Listen to the whole episode here. Stick with us. (laughs) Social media can make us feel like we need that ride or die friend that we'll do crazy stuff with. And that's going to be our soul sister from teenage years all the way through adulthood. And that's just sometimes not realistic. That's not how all of our stories go, unfortunately. But fortunately, God knows best and he brings us exactly what we need And he's just so good. But so many unrealistic expectations social media sets for us. So we feel like that if we don't have that friend, we are failing. I felt like this in my young adult years and even in my teenage years when I had friends, but they were not close, intimate friends. I couldn't find someone who would prioritize our friendship and 
valued communication and quality time. So the question is, how do you go about finding friends in the first place? Well, you got to do what is uncomfortable for a lot of people, and that is putting yourself out there, being social, finding groups, finding community. We're not going to make friends by waiting for them to come along. We're not going to make friends if we're just spending all of our time sitting on the couch. They're not going to come knocking on our door. We have to also put the effort and go out and find them. We have to make the effort to be social and get in community, like I said. It could be a book club, the park, a sports team, a mommy group, a Bible study group, young adults groups, or social media, or a knitting group. Heck, we even found each other on social media, and it was just because we were on it. There are people out there, and you just have to be willing to put yourself out there to find them. Yeah, so, so true. And honestly, I know I said I wouldn't say too much about our friendship, but I, I've i heard people say that, you know, friendships over social media are fake. Like they are usually whatever that person can get on the other side. And that was not us. I think we actually started meeting up just shortly after three months of talking on a regular basis. Then I introduced you her. Yes. You think so? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Well, I would say at least less than six months. I don't know where that was. But I introduced Laura to Marco Polo, which let me tell you guys, the best app out there. Um, Well, one of my favorite apps ever. I spend way too many (laughs) hours on there. (laughs) But it has really helped and developed our friendship. Mm -hmm. So I can't – I want to say that – You can make friends on social media. You just have to be intentional and make sure that you you get to know them outside of that app. Like if once you build a strong connection, because you want to make sure they're real, right? Make sure that they're real and they're safe because people can catfish. Not saying that that's not a thing because it definitely is. Um, But then make a connection other ways. You can have FaceTime with them for a while, Marco Polo, call them, text them, whatever, and then make sure you put yourself out there to meet them in person because how you have friendship over social media is totally different than when you're in person. So I will say that it worked for Laura and I, but it may not work for everybody else. And that is okay. Not We are not expecting you to have instant friendship besties you know, best friends overnight on social media. Okay. We're not expecting that. Yeah. But that did happen for us. So we are saying that it's possible. So here are the 10 characteristics of a friendship that we should consider when picking your friends. So I cannot wait to dive into these. So number one is supportive. Having a friend who will support you in every season is not only helpful, but brings you so much peace knowing that you do not have to go through hard seasons alone. Yes. Amen. Amen to that one. Number two is balanced. One-sided friendships do not work. Okay. I'm going to emphasize that it does not work. Okay. I'm sure people can understand what that means. Like it, it just doesn't work. We need friends who are willing to reach out, check in on you. It is a two-way street. And you know, something I will say is that there are going to be seasons where one friend pours into the other one more because that's just the season of life they're in. You give each other grace, you're there, you're understanding, and you just keep going. I would say that for us, it has definitely been that way. And neither of us were upset about it. When the other one needed space, 
we gave them space. When the other one needed to be checked in on more, we did that. And we had our ups and downs, but we always were there for each other, you know? Yeah. So that's where it's, that's where Grace comes in and the two-way street is huge. Did you have something to say? Yes. Um, we definitely have had these seasons where it's busier for one of, one of, like, one side um, of the friendship. And we've definitely been really good at communicating and making our needs known and that has been really helpful for us in our friendship like when I was moving down to Vancouver like that was a whole season in itself because it just it's crazy when you move your whole life and then you're trying to find a job and then you're busy building community and getting settled so that was definitely one of our more, more recent seasons where we weren't communi- we weren't spending quality time as much with each other and yes. that's okay yep it happens and there was even seasons where we didn't do a lot of marketable marco poloing a lot like we just had a season of break and it was hard at times but the other one was one of us was struggling as far as being on it too much or not making other things a priority. And so that person needed to step back. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, I mean, there was nothing wrong with it. But if it's the first thing that you pick up and you're realizing, oh, I have all these other things I need to get done. Yeah, that might be a time to step back. So there is that too. You know, just kind of communicating what that person needs is very important. Yeah. You know, whatever that looks like for either side. Okay, so number three is trustworthy. A good friend should be able to hold a safe place for you. Building trust is a huge foundation in a friendship. Absolutely. If there is no trust, that friendship is going to go nowhere. But how do we build trust? We have to be vulnerable. Have to be vulnerable. And it doesn't have to be big things. It can be little things And you slowly build from there until you can go, hmm, okay, I think this person can really take on a little bit more. I think this person would be a good, um, like, it would be a safe place to talk and, you know, start talking about hard things because we all have issues. Like, let's just be real. We all have issues, you know, Um, and we don't want to talk about our junk because we're embarrassed and um, but you know what? Once you do and you realize that that other person also has garbage to deal with, it's so much easier to talk. So much easier because you have grace and compassion. And so, yes, trust is huge. And for Laura and I, it was very easy. I think we had too much trust right away. Let's just be real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is not a bad thing, but we both had come from a place of hurt. And so with trauma, with friendships. And so I think it was just like, bam it just happened I think we were and also then, just ready like we were just yeah we ready. were ready our hearts were like ready to to do that you know yeah no and I, I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing but I also think you have to be super careful you know mm-hmm. and as being the oversharer I too realized oh crap I hope this isn't too much Like, Mm -hmm. I would always sit back and go, I hope I don't look like the crazy friend over here, you know, like with all these issues I have, you know, or whatever I was talking about with you is you realize "Hmm, maybe I said too much. But we also did communicate. You have to not assume you need to communicate 
what is too much and what is not too much. But it was also great because once you took that step of faith in hopes that that it would be reciprocated, I was able to be like, okay, well, she took that first step. I can share this. And so that Mm -hmm. helped me feel comfortable to share a lot of my vulnerable things that I hadn't even told most friends in my entire life. Like, I don't even know if there's any other friend that knows more than you. (laughs) So um, it was – I think it was also, like, Holy Spirit-led for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't – because it does – it just doesn't make sense that we would just, like, hop into it so quickly. And – but it was both reciprocated and we were both willing to go to that – level you know to that stage I guess yeah for sure it was yeah it was it was really good and that's honestly how where we are today if it wasn't for trust being part of our foundation we would not be friends okay so number four is tough love okay not everybody not everybody loves this part but it is part of being in front in a friendship and both Laura and I know that sometimes we don't want to hear all of the hard stuff and um, sometimes when you're in situations where you're in, in the center and someone's on the outside and they're seeing stuff and they realize, hmm, I should probably say something, it needs to be said because we are not, we are in the midst of something and they're on the outside. They see things more than what we see, you know, and they see it in different, in different ways. So sometimes it's hard. So I'll explain what, um, number four is. So a good friend should be able to tell you when you're falling off the course, tell you things that might sting, but in love without fear of losing you. This includes us learning they have our best interests at heart and that they are there to help us grow and not see us fail. Okay, so number five, be yourself. A good friend should accept you for who you are and know you're not always going to get it right. They should never try and change who God created you to be. And yes, that is so, so true. We as humans cannot try to change who our friends are. That is not something that the Lord wants us to do. If anything, we should be enhancing who God created them to be. We should just help lift them up a little bit, um, which is what we're supposed to do, you know? Um, And if you can't be yourself, you need to find a different friend. They should not hinder you for being who God created you to be. Number six, caring. Actions speak louder than words. Having a caring friend who is willing to call you when they need a listening ear or showing up with one of your favorite foods, coffee, or simply because they love and care about you can mean a lot, especially when you are going through something difficult. Caring can also look like praying and encouraging you. So this is huge because... If you're like me and Laura, love to give gifts a lot. We love, love, love to give gifts. However, we both struggle with ex- with accepting gifts. So we love to give gifts, but when it comes to accepting it, it can be a little bit difficult. I know that there were times where Laura was going through a really hard time and I was like, you know what? The Holy Spirit prompted on my heart to bring her something 
And instead of asking, hey, can I bring this to you? I just start showing up with it because I knew that she already struggled and she was going to tell me no anyways. And it, it's not a no as in like she's going to disown me. It was a no as far as she didn't know how to accept it. So I took it as, you know what, I'm just going to show up with it. And I did. I would show up with coffee or I would show up um, just to be there for her. Especially when through when she went through her divorce, I was there a lot for her. And I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just kind of explaining like that's what caring looks like. It's just being there and listening. I remember she was calling me at midnight or I would call her at midnight. She was crying because she needed someone to be there for her. I was there. I was up for like two or three hours sometimes just listening and trying to be there as her friend. And that meant a lot to her. Just being there as support is huge. Um, and, you know, vice you know, verse, what is the word? Vice, vice versa. versa. There we go. <laughs> um, it, the ways that she would help me and be caring for me was also super helpful. And just praying for each other was huge. We did a lot of praying over Marco Polo, actually. A lot, a lot, a lot. I just thought it was so funny that you mentioned how we both love to give gifts, but we have a hard <laughs> time receiving gifts. And I'm like, that makes it so awkward for our friendship because obviously we're constantly giving gifts to each other. <laughs> so it oh, makes, I know. It definitely helps. And I think since we both struggle with that, when we give gifts to the other person, it's easier for us to like kind of coach the other person and like, hey, it's okay. Like, yeah, just accept yeah. it and just say thank you. If you yeah. don't know what else to say, just say thank you. Don't and be that's a blessing a, that's good walker. Enough. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the main thing. Don't be a blessing blocker. Okay, number seven, they listen to you. A good friend should listen to you and pay attention to what you're saying. Having a friend who just listens to you vent instead of giving encouragement every time can be super helpful. Sometimes we just need to get things out and process what's going through our brains. So for me as an as an extrovert, I process things out loud. And I'm going to give you different variations of it. That's how it works. Uh, for me personally. And if you can't handle that, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it has been beneficial for Laura because she too does need to process out loud, but not as much as me. Um, so she has been super good about just listening and not even giving her two cents. And we have done really well together as far as like, hey, I would really like an encouragement or I would really like to hear your feedback on this. What's, what's your thoughts? And then that gives that other person an okay, the okay to, you know, chime in and say something. But if we don't say that, usually we're pretty low key or we give a very like snippet if we were in that scenario, what, how we would handle it. And that helps because if you're talking about yourself instead of the other person, you can kind of see like where they're coming from. Yeah. Even in relationships, like with your spouse or your significant other, it's yep. so helpful to um, communicate what your needs are before you start sharing so that that person is aware of what you're needing in that moment. Like sometimes we need someone to just listen to us talk and sometimes we need somebody to listen to us talk, but then also give feedback or encouragement or advice and that has been really helpful in our friendship because um, sometimes we just want to get everything out and and then we slowly over time realize things as we're talking and we don't necessarily want 
more thoughts coming from another friend, if that makes sense. Um, yep. But it's been super helpful as we just sometimes on Marco Polo, we'll just go on for 30 minutes and just <laughs> tell this whole extravagant story and then share our thoughts about it and how we're doing mentally and emotionally and all of the things. And sometimes one of us has a Holy Spirit led thing to tell the other person, but we are very careful and very gentle with our, with each other because sometimes if you're in the mode of, I just want somebody to listen to me. And if someone starts giving you advice and feedback and you're not ready for it, you will not receive it well. And yep. you will start to kind of feel angry that they're just giving you these, these different solutions. And you're like, I'm not asking for solutions. I just want someone to listen to me. So that's very helpful and very important. Yes. Okay, number eight is communicates. A good friend will t- will do their best to try and communicate with you. It is vital in a friendship because it helps strengthen your bond and it helps you get over hardships within your friendship. It's super important that they don't assume and instead ask questions. Oh, and this goes for any relationship. And I mean any relationship. You cannot assume things like at all. Even if your brain thinks it, Just ask that clarifying question and that clarifying question can go a long way. It really, really can. And if you don't, the enemy can run rampant with that. And that's what can be scary at times. So just word to the wise, don't assume. Instead, ask questions. Number nine is non-judgmental. This is a huge one too. A good friend shouldn't judge you because of your past, present, or upcoming mistakes. They should be understanding, look at you the way God would. We are no different than any other human in the world. We all have our issues. Why should we be judging each other? When we judge, that can compromise trust. Now, I know in scripture, it talks about how um, Christians should not be judgmental. Okay, so I think people take that out of context and it really is about, it's not about being judgmental, it's about challenging that other person because if you love Jesus, you should be able to challenge them in love and ask them those hard questions. So I'm not saying that you should just automatically take that scripture and run with it. I'm just saying that you need to be careful. And so, and it kind of goes for the same with this, is that we should not be judging people, period. But if there is something that you're noticing that doesn't line up with scripture, it is your job to challenge that person and ask questions. That's not judging. That's doing what the what the Bible says to do, which is to challenge one another and to make sure that we are on the right path. So wanted to throw that out there. Okay, number 10 is forgiving. This is a hard one. This is a hard one, guys. This is a hard one even for me. Uh, Forgiving is, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be uh, very, you have to humble yourself. And it's, it can be really sticky. So just so you know, this is probably one of the hardest things to do in a friendship. But it's very, very vital that we should do it. All of us should be doing that. It's so rewarding too. Yes. 
Like, when you're able to do that, it feels like you're on a whole new level of friendship. And it is so rewarding. And I think it's because that's how God intended it. So when we do things that God intends for us to do, it just feels so good. Yes, I agree. Okay, 10, forgiving. Friendships can be messy. A good friend should be willing to forgive and work towards moving past hurt that has happened. Forgiving helps make friendships stronger. You realize that both aren't perfect and you and you do your best to not make those same mistakes again. Now, with that being said is if you really, really struggle in this one area, you're going to keep doing it. But I think you start to learn how to how to not do it um, each time. You are going to work on not repeating the same thing, but there might be different variations of it, unfortunately, because you're still working through it, you know? So maybe you were having a, a, a conversation with someone and you said a cuss word, okay? And you know that other person is uncomfortable when you say that, okay? So you forgive, you move on, but then maybe you're having a, a conversation again later down the road and another cuss word comes up. Well, you're working on it, but you're not going to always get it right. You know, and so just being careful of how that plays out um, is very important. Yeah, there has to be grace. So those are the 10 things that we should consider when picking your friends. I'll go over them one more time before we jump into the next thing. Number one is supportive. Number two is balanced. Number three is trustworthy. Number four is tough love. Number five is be yourself. Number six is caring. Number seven, somebody who listens to you. Number eight is communicates. Number nine is non-judgmental. Number 10 is forgiving. So if you're a note taker like me, there you go. A common question that people get is how can you tell if someone is a fake friend? This might include behaviors such as flakiness, passive aggression, and they show no sign of support or joy for you when things are going well in your life. It might also feel like a one-sided friendship. It is important to communicate what you want out of a friendship if you feel like you're on two different pages as far as what you want or desire out of that relationship. I feel like in high school, I heard this quote from Andy Stanley so many times. Your friends determine the quality and direction of your life. And that makes so much sense, especially back then. But it especially made sense to me when I started talking like and acting like the friends that I spent the most time with. Over time, I remember noticing that my laugh sounded similar to them or the words I was using were words that they said really often or even our mannerisms started looking very similar. So that quote made a lot of sense and that if I chose to be around them a lot, the direction of my life would be impacted by them. This quote also makes sense because when you are a teenager, you are highly affected by your peer influences. This is completely normal and healthy as you are growing up. However, you must be careful because if you get caught up in the wrong crowd, you may start to act like them or make similar or the same choices they make. The Bible actually has a lot to say about this topic, especially in the book of Proverbs, which is deemed as the wisdom book. And 
a book that is believed to be written by Solomon to his son. Proverbs 13.20 is a verse that comes to my mind. Whomever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I am so thankful for the book of Proverbs because it is a very helpful aid for us as adults, but especially for teenagers and young adults as they grow and start to find their own way in this world. There's also 1 Corinthians 15.33, and it says, Do not be be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Of course, this does not mean that we can't be friends with unbelievers, but we just want to be aware and use godly wisdom. Maybe they can be in your friend circle, but you may not want to spend a lot of time with them. If your morals and values are important to you, then you will eventually find someone whose morals and values match yours. Proverbs 18.24 also says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. When talking about your circle of friends, there are different levels of friendships, and the outer circle, that is the farthest, is acquaintances. We all have a ton of acquaintances. It is probably the biggest circle that we have. You know their name and maybe a few things about them. You recognize them and might make small talk when you see them. And this is the biggest category of people that we know. Next circle is casual friends. You enjoy their company when you see them and may even make plans to see them occasionally. You both go beyond surface level conversations and even share more personal things, but you refrain from sharing sensitive, delicate, or controversial topics. And as we keep going in, each circle is getting smaller and smaller. The third circle is close friends. These friends usually show meaningful affection and concern for one another. They may even offer more emotional support. You feel comfortable reaching out to them at any time and you have mutual respect and and appreciation. You feel comfortable showing your true self and you ask for others' advice because you respect and have faith in their judgment. You invite each other to to events. You build close friendships with someone that you see often. For example, a college dorm or at your workplace. And the smallest circle of friendships is intimate friends. This is a friendship you trust, accept, and support each other. Very similar to your close friends, except in this friendship, almost no topics are off limits. This friendship feels safe and familiar, and most people call this friend a best friend. Or, in our case, besties. (laughs) (laughs) Usually... Most people only have one or between one and three intimate friendships, and the other circles get bigger and bigger as you go out to the outer part of the circle. And I know that when I talk about intimate friends and just describe that, that definitely describes our friendship. And I definitely feel very safe that no topics are off limits. I mean, we've talked about so many things over the last three years that it's it's just insane (laughs) yeah well and we've had our differences but we've learned to accept our differences and as long as it lines up with god's word it's totally cool you know Mm -hmm. we have a few things but rarely i don't think we've ever had 
a huge fight where like we never talk to each other for a long period of time. Praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Because we just learn or we have taken breaks, but we've come back and we've talked about it. So I'm very grateful for our friendship for sure. Amen. Okay, key takeaways. <laughs> Guys, this is going towards the end of our episode. All this has been amazing. Once we get towards the end, it does get kind of sad for me because I just want to keep going. <laughs> but it's so great because we have so many more episodes in this series to talk yes. about friendships. It's going to be so great. I agree. Okay, so put yourself out there. Be social. Get involved in community. Know what core values you want in a friend. Have realistic expectations for friendships and know that not everyone will fall into your close friends or intimate friendship category. Know that God is and should be our first connection and where we can get our acceptance from. He is first and no friendship should come before our relationship with him. Amen. And you know, sometimes there are going to be times where you're going to have to take a step back because you're realizing that you're idolizing friendships. It's very easy to do. It is so easy to do. Uh, but when that does happen, make sure that you communicate that with your friends and don't leave them hanging because if you don't, they're going to think that you've dropped them like a hotcake. And I'm only saying that because that's happened to me and I've been dropped and I had no idea that things were happening on the outside. And whatever was going on in their issues. And I wish I was told that beforehand. So speaking from experience. Yeah. Even if there's something that you need, you should still communicate that with that person. Because they don't deserve to be dropped like a hot cake. Like that's not cool. And they're a human too. They have feelings. So even if you need something or you need space and just don't be a scaredy cat. Like, don't be a coward to tell them like, Hey, I need space. I know it's really hard for people pleasers out there, but don't draw people like hotcakes. That's not cool. Not cool. Yeah, exactly. We hope you enjoyed this first episode of our friendship series. We are so excited for this. I know I always say I'm so excited, like probably every episode, but I'm really, (laughs) really excited for this series. Send this episode to three people in your friendship circles, and you can listen to it together. Then let us know what you think on our Instagram page and tag us in your stories if you share this episode. We would love to see what you guys think, and we hope you're just as excited as we are. Yes, and honestly, when you guys leave a rating and review for us, it helps give other people an idea of what this podcast could do for them. So I have already seen some people leave like ratings for us and I really, really appreciate that. So, or we really appreciate that. So keep doing that. But also if you could please leave a review, we would definitely appreciate that as well. And as always, we are here for you guys. Feel free to reach out and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for being here, friend. We hope that this episode was encouraging to you. And if it was, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast, leave a rating and review. Go follow our Instagram at a safe place podcast and comment on our pinned posts what topics you would like to hear about. If this episode brought someone to your mind, go ahead and hit the share button and send it to them because you don't know what battle they are going through. 
We would be over the moon excited if you joined us for our next episode. Psalm 91.2 says, This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. So grow in grace and keep the faith, friends.